Okay. Let's begin. Before we go to the next subtopic, I want to give just a review of where we're holding and add a few pertinent uh, details to actually cutting down trees, which, as we have seen from the discussion, is quite lamaisa. So I think Ellie asked last night, he said he was aware of a few people in Bar Park who had been interested in buying a house, neighbors of his, and they found out there was a fruit-bearing tree and they didn't even go ahead with the deal. Even though, according to what we have been speaking about, there are many heterim, certainly for tight spaces and Bar Park, and Israel and other places where you need the real estate, it's clearly more valuable. So we had two issues, making absolutely sure that there was a hetter and it was more valuable, which is relatively easy in many circumstances. And then the Machlekes, the Yaivitz, and the Sefer Sidim seems to indicate that there might be Sakana even when it's mutter, and therefore try to avoid it, uproot it, and replant it if you can get all the earth together, which might be too expensive. Your question last night, isn't it worth the hider? The answer is, it's always worth to spend money in a hider. The question is, if it's baltashkas and the money. And the many peskim, Sheva Levi claims most peskim, hold that if it's mutter, there's no sakana. But Lamaisa, the minigas v'cheshish, and some have a mini based on this sefer chsidim, that's the most widely quoted source, that they don't go near the whole thing. And I guess somebody shopping for houses, paying a lot of money, there are the houses in the market. Malil, Sarazai, so there is such a... There is such on Haga, even though the Shevet Levi and many others, the Maitzar Mekel, especially if you do it at arm's length and have a guy buy it, have a guy uh, cut it down. People asked about Harama, isn't that Harama? Some Chiris Chametz is also Harama, we have to do it. Harama, if I had to translate it into English, would be a legal fiction. Fiction means something made up, but it's not made up here. These are real Kenyanim. It means it's legal, halakhli, it works. We're not in the business of selling Cheerios normally. So something you do, which is not the normal mahalach that you take, you're doing it to avoid an iser, that's normally harama. We don't normally do harama unless it's a shas of tchak. Over here, we're not dealing with an iser. The real estate's clearly more valuable. The wood's more valuable, whatever you're doing it for. But there is a machlek as whether there might be a sakonish. People don't want to go near, obviously. And therefore, to get out of that, harama would be mutter. Because I'm not even sure there's a problem in the first place. That's one issue. Then there's the issue of the Gemara B'Sachim and Unam Abayz, listed among a few other things, of Ena Roya Bracha. So I mentioned last night, normally Ena Roya Bracha means that, indicates that it's mutter, otherwise it wouldn't say Ena Roya Bracha, it would say it's Aser. Primagodim happens to have a list, and he says not every single one is like that. There are a couple of Ena Roya Brachas that are actually Aser and Ena Roya Bracha. Not for now. There's a list of at least five, ten different things. And, and Purim, and there are a number of chazan taking money, which is a big shayla of the Paiskim. Is that also an anirosim bracha, or just anirosim bracha? So, B'chodesh and others say, we pass against also, and it's anirosim bracha. So there are some exceptions. Over here, yeah. Can it be Asr and yet Rosem Bracha? Or you're saying, isn't it automatic? If it's Asr, it's not going to be Rosem Bracha. Yes. Uh, yes, and that's an excellent thing to point out. With that said, whenever Chazal add in a Rosem Bracha, let's say 90% of the time is the indication that it's not Asr. We're just telling you it's not a great idea for your Siat Tashmaya. Pichadosh and Pimbagadim have a few cases where it's Asr and they added in a Rosem Bracha 
besides the regular lack of serum of doing something wrong. Apparently, it's another layer, uh, which is a Kiddush. But yes, uh, that's not to indicate that normally if you're doing you would be simbrochi, you just get malchus, yes. I, I agree with that statement. Sadek started asking as soon as he brought it up last night, how can there be a Gemara about Enerah Simbrocha if it's also a Sakana? So there are a number of ways to approach that. Either you say that we don't hold like the Yavitz, which many don't, and the Sakana is only when it's Asr, you're doing something wrong. And this Gemara is saying, you're not doing anything wrong, there's no Lav Daraisa, no malchus, and there's no Sakana. However, and Rashi there says, as the Sheva lady pointed out, and others do as well, that it's only if you're doing a business out of it and you're doing it all the time and it attracts people's attention, they have tainas and it's an ayin hara. If you have one tree here, one tree there, that's not going to trigger the Enerah anyway. That's one mahalach. Second mahalach is, what would the Ayavid say? He holds that it's a sakana anyway, so what's the Enerah So, some of the tainet means that it's a sakana to do it, but even after you did it, should you use the wood? And the enerah is don't even use the wood afterwards. Lamaisa, when it's bidiyeva, the wood's available. Still shouldn't use it because then you go around uh, shipping the wood and making a business out of it. People are going to have tainet. It's going to be a further chink of the armor, so to speak, of getting people in trouble. So that's another mahalach which the Ivitz and his group will have to use because. Amaisa, they hold it even when it's perfectly mutter, it's a sakana. Then what's enerah simbrocha adding? It could add the bidiyevit factor, and even if you have the product, the wood, should you be advertising it and doing this all the time? Is, is it just the product of wood or the building that you put on the Also, also, depending how much, according to Rashi, which I haven't seen anybody disagree with, the problem is the public fervor that it's causing, which normally we ignore for doing the right thing here. He's not doing the wrong thing, but it's not a mitzvah either, so why incur people's wrath and draw attention to it? So those are the two mahacha. I mean, you have to use each one to fit into the original shiloh of whether sakana is even triggered if you're not doing anything wrong. To add to the complication of the how to learn the Gemara and what the layer of Anaras and Brach is over the sakana, the Pesachetesis is brought down by later Peskim, Pesketesis, we've used a few times during the shears, written by the tour. And Pesketesis says, and he's trying to answer this kasha of what is the Anaros and Bracha doing if there's no Sakana, then this should be an issue. It's answering the same kasha. Pesketesis says that the whole Gemara of Anaros and Bracha is referring to Lene Srak, which I made brief mention of last night, but I wanted to mention the source for it. Why would anybody say Elan Srak? We've been talking about fruit-bearing trees the whole time. All of a sudden, Elan Srak is going to be an issue. So it's not all, sir. The Pussy says clearly, only cut down Elan Srak. And not going to be a Sakana either. Comes the Gemara Basachim and says, if you do that all the time, people are going to still notice. And Avtain is, you're taking all these beautiful trees, beautiful shade, and giving a lot of oxygen to the atmosphere, and making the landscape look nice, and you're cutting everything down all the time. So Pesketesis says the Enerus and Bracha is coming to tell you that that's not us and Asakana, but it's Enerus and Bracha. Even on that, Lamaisa, Yesel Chaim Zanafelt and others have chuvas. Lumber is something needed in any industry with all our modern technological know-how. Most houses, even the very nice expensive houses, I believe are still being built with Wooden frames? Your average, I don't know. You're, you're in the business, right? Even the big fancy, you can make as big as you want. 
the framers are using wood. So lumber is still a very important commodity. And they're people in the business, from the cutting, the wholesale, the retail. And there was a big business in Europe, and there were Yidin involved in the business. I think I mentioned uh, my father's uh, chavusa, one of his many when he said his family business was lumber and they used to float it down whatever river it was in their small town and it was a whole business and they spent the days in the forest and they had a lot of workers and it's a major business so going to Piscataisis that's going to be it's a whole panasa it's a panasa many people as it still is today so many people can say Maybe it's talking about a case where you're stop cutting down trees, but you're not really using it. question is, according to this definition, like the Sheva Levy says, we're talking about a guy who does it all the time. Why would anybody do that all the time? It's like, it's a nice hobby for one tree, two trees. So how would it ever come, like Rashi, to mean that the public is noticing? They're noticing what? They're noticing making a business out of it. They make a business out of it, but there, there was a business like that, and there is a business like that, and it's still a common business today. And people miss it. Yidin can't be in the business. Well, we know Yidin were in the business. So it seems to be halacha lamaisa, psakalach lamaisa, that we're not really machmir for the pisketesis. What? They grow trees, especially for the lumber. Yes, and they replant trees when they cut down forests, certainly nowadays with the green. Not the forest. Used to be the forest in Europe and the 100 years ago. Now they have entire systems. That's because of the green lobby, and the, which is not bad per se, if you don't take it too far. And now they have more of a system. But then it used to be a family would own this forest, and they owned the states, and they, owned, they used to cut down. I don't know if they replanted in Europe 100 years ago. Lamaisa, the mini was to be makel, and we assume the Enoros and Brocha Gamar. The Gamar B'Sachim is talking about fruit-bearing trees, and Jury's still out, and whether or not it's talking about where you did it by Isser, like there's a Sakana, it triggers Anaroa also. Then, so this question, well, what, what's to be added to Sakana? Obviously, Sakana is Anaroa Maybe it means Bidyevit, even the product shouldn't be used even once it's done. Or it's talking about, like the Ivis was suggesting, which the Shevi Levi disagreed with, that even if you're doing it by Hetta Gummer, it's still Sakana and Anaroa and it's not going on even when it's struck. The Ivis doesn't mention it when it's struck, but the Piscatesis does. So, there are some chuvas that say that if you don't need to, you don't have to cut down Eilani Srakis. Allah Halamaisa, this is a very common shayla people call about fruit bearing trees. They call about you have an oak tree, a maple leaf, whatever it is, and it's no food growing. Can I cut it down, Lamaisa? The simple answer is yes. If you have no reason to do it, why start up with any Pesik? Pesiketes is a pretty early source for the Enaroya Simabrocha. But Allah Halamaisa for room. Dying Weiss says a tshuva, and he says, maybe sell it to a guy, stay at arm's length, and even on that, Sturmbach said tshuva, commenting, he quotes Dying Weiss, the contemporaries, he built Mechayim and he says he thinks that's too much of a humor, to have to sell it to a guy, just for Lenny Srak, where the whole Makar is one Makar, Chashu Makar, but come out all the place, come argue, but first of all, say Machmir for that, say another five minutes, sell it to a guy, you don't have to do six Kenyanim, you can do a Kenyan Kesef, pay a dollar, five dollars, do a star, I'm selling you the tree with the land under it. You can do that by the fruit-bearing trees. You want to do by lettuce rock, you can. The mini, by and large, is not too, but you can. Others suggest an interesting pshat. What pshat pesketes is? Lettuce rock is my favorite black and white in the pusik that is mutter. You're not doing it there, you're trying to make room. You're trying to extend your house. So how, how can there be a tzad like that? Uh, so an interesting pshat. Our Shlomach mentions this in the tshuva, that uh, the chazal tell us, all the lettuce rock are going to be lettuce paris. I thought that was interesting. 
So the potential to be Yilane Paris, so maybe you shouldn't cut it down now, might be Paris later. Interesting possibility. Lots of love might be tomorrow. Might be in a few days they'll start growing fruit. And what will the fruit-bearing trees? So they say the fruit-bearing trees are going to have fruit every single day, not seasonal. And the Yilane Srak are going to have just the seasonal like the fruit-bearing trees today. So that's something to look forward to if you like uh, delicious fruit. So that's one possibility. Others say it's the borderline fruit-bearing trees. There's your acorns uh, for the crab apples. That those are, um, some of them we would treat like Yilane Srak, but the Pisgah Places going on that, that that would be a simabrocha, even though we don't call it a fruit bearing tree, it has some fruit that's edible. So, those are, in broad strokes, the various possibilities for what the Gemara means. So, again, we have three Gemaras. We have a Pusik, talks about fruit bearing trees and the war, Lavdafka, in a battle. We have a clear hat from the Pusik. The Rambam, keep in mind, and all the Shainim that talk about this, don't bring down any Sakana kind of issue, don't, even though it's a Gemara, and Bavli, not a Zayr. But many others do, many other Ahreinim do, and uh, Pais can bring it down. We're cheshish for it to stay at least at arm's length when you have to, and others are going to be more machmer. Right before you walked in, Eli, I mentioned that uh, your comment, uh, you know, some people in Borough Park wouldn't, would walk away from my house. So it's based on the Sefer Chesidim, based on some Chuvah, is a little more machmer. But the Shevet Levi and the Paiskim who do quote in Yanei Niglanister basically come out that with the Mechira, the guy was already a Hidran al Especially since the Ramam, Ashokhanah doesn't mention anything about the Sakana Fritli. They don't bring it down. And that's noteworthy because to not bring down a Zayar with the Sfarmagadeshim that they normally don't bring down, leave it to the Bali Kabbalah. But here the Gemara mentions it, they don't bring it down. So that is, that is noteworthy. And um, again, it's easy to be Machmer. You do your two Kenyanim, and you have the uh, guy who's usually happy to do it for. Uh, whatever the cost is, and the remainder is the expense of moving it with a clot of earth, which, again, barring the story from Tzvi last night, I haven't heard too many people doing that, probably because of the prohibitive cost. The, uh, I saw a hand, two, two up, yeah. Does the person have to be concerned when he sells the house that the next owner is going to take care of the tree and not take, take down the tree? Well, if he doesn't take care of the tree, it's only Bishay Valtasa. That's not an Isser anyway. If he's going to take it down, I think most from people, even before this year, knew there was some Shaila, and anybody listening to this year will tell their friends how to handle it, but usually there's a good way to handle it. It's certainly not even a Lifne to Lifne Shaila, which is not so anyway, but uh, part of next year's Sugya, we're beginning to be continuing for El and whatever it takes to go into the next uh, six or seven subtopics here. But uh, coming after uh, Sukkot probably, or Hanukkah, is the huge sugi of Lifne Iver, which we've been threatening to begin to talk about. And that's anybody who knows anybody who's not yet from, or bumps into people in the office or in their family members who are not yet from, and anybody who deals with anybody who's from but not completely from, like they do some of ours once in a while, which I just quoted. Those three lists is everybody on earth, right? So uh, these Lifneva Shailas will be extremely negative. Yes? When we're cutting down the lumber, the forest for the lumber, that's obviously for the purpose. The purpose Direct purpose, not Baal The tree is worth its wood. And, uh, has, has, has there anything... How would the Be'ahavim? Well, Tysus says, they're all struggling. We have the Gemara, you have the Pesach about the Yisr, the Gemara about the Sakana, and then the second Gemara about the Anarosim Bracha. I'd be trying to figure out what, where does the Anarosim Bracha fit in. So Pesach 
Taisus says, it's talking about Ilan Israel. He's trying to answer this kasha. It can't be Ilan Paris. Either you have a head or you don't. If you have a head there, we're assuming it's mutter, not like the Ivitz. And what we're left with, the answer is, the guy is doing it all the time, and it looks mutter to the people. What are you always going around cutting all the trees, beautiful trees, and that tiny is and it causes an iron heart? So, do we pass on like that Pisgah Tesis? Basically, no. Is anybody machber for it? Diane Weiss says, maybe you could sell it to a guy first. But make sure you have a need. To indiscriminately just cut down things. Most people don't go around cutting trees unless they have a need. It's an expense. Why would you do it? So, Nafkamina would be what the Chevrolet alluded to yesterday. There's need and need. He said, in Eitz Yisrael, he quotes the Sefer than Pressburg and any other place in Europe, they always need a room. The real need. He said, Eitz Yisrael is the same thing. Most people make an extension to the house. If it comes down to a shailosh, I make it this way or that way, and I have an acre in each direction, and there's a tree over here, so then go the other way. Most of the time, you don't have the luxury for that, and if they're cutting it down, there's a need. So, by fruit bearing trees, plenty of a term. Somebody wants me to mock but not go near it, don't have tainas on them. And the Ilan Israk, can have tainas anyway, doesn't want to go near it, but there is really, uh, really a chumr or agape chumr. Especially if you do it through a guy, and that's the reason why most people are cutting down trees. Either they're making papers, tissues, or making room, or making a mess, and it's, we consider that hezek. But there comes a point where it's so frivolous, like, what do you need? It's a tree over there. You have uh, an acre and a half. It's really bothering you. I think you asked me yesterday. Somebody asked me. Kids running around in the backyard. They wanted to cut down a tree to make a level playing field. It's a real American Shiloh. What are they doing? They're playing football. Playing baseball? I didn't ask him, but how much do you need? He has an acre. How much? <laughs> it's a tree in the middle. He says, yeah, it's right in the middle. So I guess if you're playing tag, or I hope you're not playing paintball, um, it can get in the way if you want a straight thing. So it depends how much is getting in the way. But for Yolanda Strzok, the stakes are not that high. Again, all things being equal, why start up with the Piscatesis if you don't have to? That's what Yitzchak Zanafeld and many others have chuvas. The reality was in Europe, many Jews were in the business. Right. I don't know if in America it's such a Yiddish business, but it's a business. And they're making more paper, despite the fact that with computers we unveiled the idea for the paperless office 20 years ago. I think we're consuming as much paper or more paper. So uh, it's a business and it's here to stay. So does that mean you have to be involved? It's only going to be a Shiloh and Eros and Bracha if you're doing it Leroy, not just one tree here, one tree there. So the guy who's clearing the thing for his soccer field in the back or his baseball field in the back, one tree, Ilani Srak, wants two of the guy, fine. It's very hard to, uh, to tell him that there's an issue over here. Okay, so that's uh, clear for now. I'm sure we'll have a chance to come back to it, but in the... Ten minutes we have left. We will introduce the next subtopic, which we will start now and tomorrow night. And then after that, even though I hesitate because uh, the Eilam is still uh, here and on Zoom, but I have to give you a chance to hazard an entire year's worth of night seder sugis. So we will probably have uh, next week. There's not going to be shear. We'll have shear on Shabbos and Sunday. If uh, we see there, everybody's still around, and uh, I have... Uh, Anyway, the Shibudim, I'm not going to be, I'm leaving Shir and Flappish part of the time. So next week is out anyway, but we'll see if there's a, still a great need. We can always put in a week or two. Otherwise, if you're on the email, you'll be notified when we start again. But we uh, hope to continue the Shabbos and Sunday as long as uh, you see that I'm here for Shabbos. Uh, so the next subtopic, we now move from trees, which I'm sure we'll have occasion to get back to 
in some form, but the thrust of the topic now is going to take what we learned from the trees and now talk about even more common cases of Baal Food, clothing, money, and all the other things. So keep in mind, we're going into the sugya with the general shayla is Baal in all the areas, the rice of the which is the Machalikas Yishayna, Machalikas how the Rambam learns, even if it's the Raisa, it doesn't have Malkus for the Rambam. And I want to start off with the food issue because besides the Baal on food, which is probably the most common form of Baal today in America, there's a second issue of Bizayan Eichlin. There are two layers of a sugya. Baal is the basic, you're wasting food, throwing out food, destroying food. And then there's respect for food, and that gives it more severity in terms of, besides being Baal Chazal wanted us to recognize that mistreating food is being bayat in the Shef Avakosh Baruch Hu. Food is what keeps the human race going, and we have to have extra respect for food. And we'll see a different Chazal that talks about extra respect for clothing, highlighted by David Amala with the Kanaf of Shol, which we'll have occasion to get back to. Fascinating. So unto itself. What did David Amala do wrong there? But right now, the food. So let's start off with a basic klal that you're going to see in this first gemar. This first gemar is uh, a number of incredible chidushim, just in this one gemar. And the klal we're going to see from here is the sheet of Ravuna. Ravuna holds that Michael Adam ain machilin You can't feed food that's fit for human consumption to an animal. This is a big thing because in America, many people have pets. We've discussed that certain times, and hashkafically, um, halachically, there could be certain overtones that are problematic, but we're not here to attack anybody with pets, but sometimes legitimate reasons uh, for development of the kids, and people feel protected with dogs. There are plenty of heterim out there, hashkafically, if it's coming from the fact that we want to elevate the dogs and the cats and the animals to humans, or even put them higher. That I haven't figured out. I try to understand liberals, it's getting more difficult. Uh, to say that they're like humans is Stamkvira, but people have told me recently they hold they're above humans. I don't even know what that means. How can, even Lishitasam, how can anybody, why would they be above humans? Why are humans now worse than the apes or the, or the dogs? That, that, uh, I hope that was a joke, but the guy wasn't uh, joking. Um, he tried to explain to me we're doing chuva for pressing the animals all these years. I'm not exactly sure what, what that was all about, but we hope we never go there. But even to put him on the same pedestal, Hashem created the animal kingdom um, for years and years until modern tractors, uh, a shore was used to plow, and that's what they're here for. So let's not lose sight of that. And they have good uses, and the dog can help you, it can help you shepherding the sheep, and it can be a man's best friend, and they're maybe cute and cuddly. That doesn't make them anywhere on par. And if we have human food, Rav Huna holds, you shouldn't be feeding it to animals because it's more expensive and it's more fit for humans. And that's a bizillion ha'ichlan. And this comes up, I've, people have asked me the shayla. People have cats and dogs and whatever it is, and they're having a barbecue, July 4th. Can you give a hot dog to your dog? I'm sure he would very much appreciate it. So there are two potential issues here. And this is a, it's a, it's a real gemara. And we have four Gemaras in the Sugya and one parish mission before we even get to the Jews. Number one is Baltashris. I just, Metziah uh, Shaila, if anybody has any pets, they can tell me, or if anybody here online knows anybody. Is dog food or cat food more expensive or less expensive than an average hot dog? 
It's less expensive? Okay, because I had a hobby and it was more because if they're branding it as a specialty item, it's... What was that? Uh, for me, with our dog, uh, canned dog food, it's about a dollar a can. Can canned dog food, there are... A dollar a can. A dollar a can. Okay. So what's interesting about the dog food is I was told by a number of people that it actually is barely fit for human consumption. It's edible. It's edible. And that certain people who can't afford end up buying it, which is very sad. And it is edible. I don't really understand. If you, you can, um, Mr. Odium, maybe you can educate us. Uh, the couple of times in my life I smelled, even within 50 feet, cat food or dog food, I almost fainted. Uh, why, if they're marketing something, would they dafka want to make it smell bad, or is that odor pleasant for cats and dogs? I'm just just a mitzvah, Shaila. Any comment? Do you think it smells delicious? What? <laughs> You're laughing. What? You don't. Do you know what I'm talking about? I, is it still true? I mean, I don't smell it very often, but the once or twice in my life, I was wondering why would you? You have to. It takes talent to make it smell so bad. Is that because the dollar a can is just meat that doesn't smell very good? Okay, that's, that's why it's a dollar a can. Okay, so I'm happy to hear that. Uh, the reason I asked that question, by the way, is because we're going to have a bit of a difficult time trying to differentiate between what is human food versus animal food. So if we now know the dog food is a dollar a can, that's significantly cheaper. Is it, by the way, for, for a guy? One second. Let's go back a minute. For a guy who's eating a Burger King, how much they get a whole entire triple deck hamburger for? With the lettuce, the tomato, and the bun? $2? Okay, so the hamburger is worth a dollar anyway. So what's the big deal if it's a dollar a can? They don't make the dog food a lot kosher, do they? So what's the dollar a can supposed to be a raya that's cheaper? Is that a raya? How much is a can of the same amount of meat that doesn't have a hechsher? Well, I said, what's the question? How, how many ounces is in, of meat is in that can? And what would it cost in Wolbaum's for a tray for meat that size? 16 ounces. How much? 16 ounces. 16 ounces. In the, in the dog thing. And how much is 16 ounces of meat in Walbaum? It's, it's a pound, so it's, it's, it's more expensive. More than a dollar? More than a dollar? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So let me make sure there's differential. Okay. Maybe so, chicken you could probably get for... Okay. But they're serving real beef to a dog. Okay. So I don't know. I still don't get an answer why it smells bad. And if, it's, if it went bad, that's probably not too good for the dog unless they don't care. But... I'm trying to gauge the smell because is it really human food that happens to be in a dog can or is it something inferior that makes it smell so interesting and therefore it's a completely different type of food. That's going to be important for the sugi here. Getting back to our July 4th barbecue. See, I have a hot dog that's right Adam, and it has a hech shirt. It's certainly more expensive than a dollar a can because it has a good hech shirt. It's And you're feeding it to your dog. So you have two problems here. Problem number one is baltashkas on the money and the value because you can get away with feeding the dog something he'll be happy with and it's a lot cheaper. It's a dollar a can. And then you have the following Gemara which we're going to see and that is Michael Adam A. Machil and Behema. That's the contemporary American Shiloh. Believe it or not, this is spoken about a lot in the Chuvas in Europe because in Europe it came up even more than it comes up in America. In America it has to come up only if you have a pet that you would think of feeding it your hamburgers. In Europe, everybody in the backyard, or many people, had chickens and cows and various other domesticated animals. And the Shiloh came up a lot. They had a loaf of bread. And 
it was sometimes more expensive. It wasn't about tashkasha. It was sometimes more expensive to go out and buy animal feed because you didn't have enough. You, some people had a big farm and they had 30 cows, then you bought special feed. If it was uh, one chicken, one cow, you're not going to go out and buy special feed. Just too much of a tircher, too expensive. So what they do, they had bread, and then they took a little bit of a loaf, and they fed it to the chickens. That was done all the time. I know it was done all the time. I wasn't there, but I know it was done because the truvas say it's done all the time, and we have to be miyash of the minig, because the Gemara seems to say it's usher. That's probably the stale bread that we're not eating anyway, and that's going to be the main heter for the stuff we're throwing out by the ton. And that is, no one's eating it anyway because the Board of Health won't allow it on an industrial level and on a commercial level, and we don't eat it at home, and it gets thrown out anyway. That's going to be the heter, which is a little schwer because that, we're throwing out tons and tons of food every day. That's going to be the heter. So it could be the people in the ponds are going with the um, same bread you take for Pashas Bashalach. What bread do you take for Pashas Bashalach? Uh, so um, we don't take the fresh bread you just, fresh pizza you just bought, even though maybe it's a hider, hider minig. No, no, you're making for Shabbos this week. I don't think people bake fresh chals and put it in the bird. That's the kids usually bring home a bird cage. And, no, but you're putting out for the birds for the month to give them a schar. I think most people are putting out stale bread from last week. Maybe not. Maybe per your question last night, maybe for the hider of the minig, you should put out fresh challah. But... That's the exception, because that's a minigisral to feed them. The barbecue is a Syria shayla. You have a cat, you have a dog. We're going to soon see possibly a chilik. Maybe a dog is different. Maybe a dog is a different heter. But first you have to know there's an iser to feed human food to an animal. And the miri is going to comment on this gemara that maybe, and he's trying to answer the same kasha, even though it doesn't spell it out, but this has been a kasha for a thousand years. These people had animals in the backyard. And he said, maybe it's only food that was already prepared, special for humans. Now to take that in this form and feed to the animal. But if you have something that's not designated for one versus the other, and you know you're going to use it, maybe it's mutter. That's the Miri's comment, but first we'll see the Gemara. Uh, not everybody seems to go along with that. And the question is, what is the heter for the pets today? Uh, and what, what was the heter for the last uh, thousand years? So let's just see the beginning of the Gemara. The context over here is... A big pellet before you even get to the din. Amalei Rava. Uh, it's uh, the new handout. What number are you up to, Tzaddik? You should have the, uh, the people listening. should have a 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. 12-page 12 copy. It's probably the latest one you have. Number 30 or something like that. And the front page is the Gemara Antinus on Chaf Amad Beis. Take a look at the first bracket. Amalei Rava Larafram Bar Papa Leimalon Mar Mahani Mili Mal Yasa Dahava Ovid Rav Huna. Very fascinating that people who occasionally ask, "Why do you need or is it Indian to read biographies of Gedolim?" So people always say, "Well, biographies, uh, you know, can make me depressed. I can never be doing all that." Most of them are written well. He's supposed to be inspired and know that everybody had to work hard at struggling to become a Gildal Yisrael, or the biggest Gildal they can become. And the fact that they happen to be a genius, which not every Gildal was, and so if it's not Nagea to you, that part doesn't have to be Nagea to you. But this Gemara starts off, can you tell me over some Maisim from Ravuna and his Midas Chasidis and his Sitkus, which means... 
obviously something we know that the story has value for the inspiration and for the learning of Shemesh Tamir Chacham. That was his question. See, Talzov, one Misa, which I skip, is not Nagayatah. So you go to the second bracket. This is Taka Amidus Chasidus in the Pella. He was the rabbi of the town, and he was in charge of all the Ruchnias. He was also in charge of making sure people had food for Shabbos and how to control that and balance that in terms of price control and product control. This is something that comes up in the Chuva in Europe all the time. They had uh, temporary xeras against fishmongers for raising the price because they couldn't buy fish for Shabbos and, and the filter fish got too expensive. So this was a theme that was common and the Rabbanim had to figure out how to make sure you benefit the most of people uh, with what you had. Chalpanya, next bracket. Chalpanya damale shabata. Every hour of Shabbos, let's say closing time is 3 o'clock, that's from vendors, even if they were not from vendors, but they were selling to from people buying for Shabbos, they were buying vegetables, nothing fancy, but everybody had to buy, buy vegetables, and everybody hopefully can afford vegetables, and he sent a shliach, let's say half hour before closing, or 10 minutes before closing, and he instructed him to buy every single cucumber and tomato, whatever was left, Buy it all up, and believe it or not, toss it in the river. He did this every year of Shabbos. As on expense, he was wealthy, but that's really, uh, got to be pretty wealthy. And there's vegetables, but still, you got to do this every week. And why he did it, we'll see later. The farmers brought in the farmers market, and he was left over. Zavanle bought it, v'shadle and Armini throw it in the river. We don't know yet why. Obviously, you can imagine it was to make sure that the vendors bring the same amount of produce, because if they don't, they're going to bring 10% less, and then if they sell less, 10%. He wanted plenty of produce around for Shabbos. Didn't want them to be discouraged. But the Gemara is going to tell us that later. And the Gemara is going to ask two things, which we'll pick up on tomorrow night. One is, why are you throwing it down the river? Why not give it to the Aniyim? Obvious kasha. And then when we answer that, the Gemara is going to say, why don't you feed it to the animals if you're not giving it to the Aniyim? To which Ravun is going to say, you can't feed food that's fit for human consumption to animals. Now, how the Miri works that in is a good question. We're talking about raw vegetables. And raw vegetables, bachlal, we mentioned this during the Bishalakam series of Shiurim. Raw vegetables often were miyuchid for animals. They didn't eat raw carrots, but they were able to cook it. So it's miyuchid for humans. And if you can get by with animal fodder, barley, or things the humans didn't even eat, don't give them the raw carrots either yet because we use them to cook in soups. Now we can eat them raw, and that's enough community for Bishalakam. And the Gemara is going to say, Rafuna held that we have to throw it in the river because we can't give it to the animals. And that's not a ready-made dinner in a tray. That's, these are vegetables. So Mitzvah Shem will pick on uh, that, uh, the two svaras, we'll pick up on that tomorrow night. Mitzvah Shem.